Hello and welcome to the Movie Bunker podcast. It's me, Matt. Hey, it's me, Chris. Uh, Matt, we've got another special guest. It's friend of the podcast, Emily Murray. Hi Hi. there, Emily. How are you? (laughs) Hello. I'm good. How are you both? Well, we're very well. We're going slightly crazy. We were talking off mic about all the crazy shenanigans shenanigans going on in the world and uh, uh, how the hell we're dealing with it all. But we're, we're still sane, aren't we? That's the main thing. Well, I'm just always so. grateful that I managed to get through saying the words Movie Bunker Podcast and it always just amazes me after I've said it each time I kind of do a mental high five going yeah still got it still got it <laughs> still got it I realise my time well, to stop doing podcasts is when I can no longer actually say the title of my own podcast it's a good, it's a good sign since good sign. we last spoke um, Emily we, we, we did uh, uh, what was it words in Music and lyrics we did music last. Music and lyrics, yeah. Yeah, which I still can't get out of my head, obviously, because it's <laughs> such a brilliant film and the music's great as well. What What's happened? A lot's happened, actually, since we last did the podcast, because yeah. we, were, we were talking off mic as well, that we're the podcast uh, that sort of bunker uh, COVID uh, lockdown guys, it seems, because that was the beginning of lockdown, and now it looks like you're in lockdown again. Yeah, no, I'm currently in quarantine, Um haven't been in contact with someone with COVID. So uh, yeah, I was saying to you uh, after podcast, but I think it was like week two of lockdown where we've recorded a music and lyrics episode. And now it's like, things got better. And now it's back to the, back to square one again. So it's very strange. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen in another four months, five months time when you're back on the show talking about something else. <laughs> I, I might actually be in a proper bunker at that time. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen, we've got a lot to talk about. You've picked an absolute doozy for us uh, <laughs> for this episode. What's the film you've chosen? Let, let us know. I've picked Pitch Perfect Free. If I can't hunt her, I can't hunt her. The Barton Bella is an unlikely group of not men who somehow managed to win at something that didn't have to do with baking. I can hear you. They've graduated college, have spread their wings, and are attempting to fly. Papaya players delight. With a shot of white privilege? Hopefully not becoming the failures we all expect them to be. I feel really good about where I'm at right now. I'm trying to get into vet school. Fingers crossed. Where are they now? My name is Fat Amy Winehouse, so let's get cracking. I quit my job. You got fired? No, I quit. It's fine. <laughs> oh, come on. This is an overreaction. I would do anything to sing with you guys again. Anything. You guys. Every year, the USO puts on this performance to support the troops in Europe. What if I could get us an invite? Yeah, I've suddenly got a bunch of free time, so... Hell yeah! (laughs) Here we go, here we go. It's my turn to make history. Guys, we've never competed against bands that actually have instruments, so what's the plan? I'm coming up, so you better get this party started. I'm coming out. You guys just sing other people's songs, like karaoke. Karaoke? Oh, no, no, no. That's so cute. And calamity, this is serenity, veracity, and charity. If I joined your group, I could be obesity. Another day on stage for the Bellas. This is their big plummet. Their fade out. Into nothingness. You sure about this? Have I ever let you down? All the time. What? You're very unreliable. It's like one of the hallmarks of your personality. Are you not remembering all the times I've been awesome? Let Taka finish this.
Try to have some dignity. Yeah, well, we don't do anything with dignity, okay? They really do need to join the workforce. Yes. So I was thinking, actually, like, I wouldn't say I'm quite a musical person. Like, I don't actually, I wouldn't say musicals are a genre I enjoy. But I realised both films I've picked for this podcast have been musicals. <laughs> yeah. So clearly I'm lying to myself. Uh, but yes, the wonderful, charming Pitch Perfect Free, which I understand people do not like. And I'm shocked. I'm shocked. Well, not just people, generally everybody. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so Pitch, Pitch Perfect, yes, it came out in 2017. And IMDb score, it always fares slightly better. So uh, it's a 5.8, which is a reasonable it's, it's kind of a reasonable score. Kind of in the middle, right, Chris, with number yeah, terms. Average. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, it's reasonably in the middle. <laughs> and then you've got um, always go to Rotten Tomatoes because they're mm. the brutalist. 29% in terms of the uh, tomato meter, which is an absolute splatter, and a 44% audience score, which isn't this bad, but it's, it, we've had worse. <laughs> um, uh, let's do the plop synopsis and then we can get on with the the meat, uh, the uh, acca meat and, and veg because I'm going to do the acca thing all night long. Following their win at the World Championship, the now separated Bell is it Bellas or Bells? It's Bellas. The Bellas, Bellas. The yeah. Bellas reunite, reunite for one last singing competition <laughs> at an overseas USO tour, but face a group who uses both instruments and voices. Oh wow, the concept. Wow. <laughs> The thing is, that, that plop synopsis isn't really giving it... That, that's half the story, or at least a small nugget of story. It actually, if that was a story, that would probably work. What we do have <laughs> is something completely There's different. There's a lot going on. <laughs> a lot going on. What, Can I just say for full disclosure, this is actually the first Pitch Perfect film that I saw, I've seen, like, all the way from out of context. So it's not, that's the real worst. That's but the I feel like this is probably it. the, no, it's probably the best way, right? This is like, you know, having your mind wiped of Star Wars and going back and starting <laughs> with the Phantom Menace, surely. Because like, this is you know, generally considered the worst one, right? Yeah. It's also and the I can last watch one. it in reverse order and be happy, <laughs> right? Yeah, I guess I see what you mean. I've seen the first one, not the second. This is obviously, yeah, dived into this one. Uh, well, Emily, what's, what's the dealio with this? Why do you like this so much? So, right, I don't know if it just relates to like, you know, like a personal connection or like a time in my life. Because I was thinking about this earlier, about when Pitch Perfects were released. So the first one was 2012. And that's when it's their like their freshman at university. And that was actually my first year of university. And then the second one came out in, I want to say 2015, which is when I graduated. And that's when they graduated. And in this one, 2017, is when they're like, you know, new to the world of work and they're struggling to kind of like adult and, yeah, we're supposed to be yeah. adults. And that was <laughs> me. <laughs> and that was me. I was like fresh on my master's. So I do find that I relate to the characters really well because with each film, it's like where I was, you know, at the stage of my life. But... I just think it's just such a charming, wonderful, fun movie. And I can't, like, I, I sure to see why people don't enjoy it because I enjoy it so much because um, <laughs> it is just fun. And I really like how um, it is subversive compared to the other two. Like, it knows exactly what Pitch Perfect is. And it knows that it, it can no longer be plausible. Like, they even say that they're like, there's another singing competition. There always has to be a singing competition. Like, it really yeah. pokes fun at 
at itself and that's something I I really enjoyed in the third movie but as it it's just it's just lovely and yeah it's just a good group of girls to hang out with and I enjoy spending time with the characters and um yeah also it's got perhaps my favorite fake band ever which is Ruby Rose's Ever Moist. Ever Moist, one of the only notes I've made. Oh, really? <laughs> it's the band name. Just, just read Ever Moist. Ever Moist and <laughs> Excuse Me. Because, I mean, I, I, I thought well, this is, there's a lot going on to watch, but there's, there's not much else. Well, there's a lot of plot, but there's, you know, there's not much to say about it, you'll see, because it's like, it's that old kind of thing is let's get the band back together. And, yeah. and, and I think... It's, you're right in terms of it ticks a lot of boxes for like the, the, the musical numbers and just the, the riffing, the, the lyrical riffing and also just mm, the way they the are, riffs. the riffs off and, and how they mm. talk to each other and how, how their relationships have grown and they're all best mates and you know, the ups and downs of being best mates and stuff. So that, that's all there and you've got, the, you've got the bitchy girls and you've got the, the best mates and all that sort of thing. And then this other, this whole other segment is kind of, just uh, just an excuse isn't it to just try and drive uh, drive that yeah. forward again um explain that little this other subplot because apart from what that plot synopsis is you know we talk about um uh, another singing competition they accidentally thrown into this kind of uh uso tour aren't they because they kind of a misunderstanding between sort of just going to a reunion and actually performing at this uh, yeah. aquarium type thing but then this whole kind of covert spy type stuff happens. Yeah, I love that I love how it just turns into a random action movie at points <laughs> and I think this is the thing it's like it shouldn't work I know it shouldn't work because it feels like they've got all these random characters all these different plot lines and it sort of just cobbled together in like a hot pot mess but it does it does work like the film opens with this really cool action scene set to Britney Spears Toxic because what other song would you say it to of, you know, Rebel, Rebel Wilson's Amy, like, kicking ass on a yacht. And then it's like, oh, you, the past week, this is how we, you know, got to this point. And then it goes back to the action scene. But I actually think the action is really well shot. I don't know if there's just so much poor action nowadays in actually action cinema, but I enjoyed this bit. With it, you know, it's got an acapella spin, of course. But I just think it's just really good fun. And I like how... Because my only my only concern really with Pitch Perfect films is I don't really like Fat Amy, and I think it's because the whole like jokes about her weight do make me feel quite uncomfortable. I think it's mm-hmm. especially you know in, in the two thousands. It's not it's just not a thing. Yeah. Like it shouldn't be a thing. No, do, do you think? Me... Sorry, do you think this one is is a little bit more knowing of that and just dials it down a bit more though? I think it does dial it down, but I like how it also like. Like, because they do still have like the fat jokes, like she says, like she's fat Amy Winehouse, and she could be like yeah. fat other like um, cover acts. But I like that it gives her like her own story as well with her dad. And John Lithgow makes any film better. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. So the inclusion <laughs> of him. So I think I think yeah, it's still in there because obviously some people are fans of the fat jokes. It's just personally like it does make me feel quite uncomfortable. So it's still in there, but it is dialed down. But I do like yeah. how they make her kind of like action star and they give her this backstory and her dad. So they give her more to do yeah, rather yeah, than yeah. just be the one who delivers. As a newbie to the know, Pitch Jones, Perfect basically. sort of sequences, yeah. I, I didn't know whether or not what I was watching right at the opening was the end <laughs> of Pitch Perfect 2 or just that's how they always were. And I just I did not expect an action comedy. No, 
when I went to pitch Perfect Fruit, I didn't expect it to be like an action <laughs> film as well, because why would it be? But again, that's, I think, why I love this movie so much, because it's just so random. And yeah. it's like, right, as I said, like, we've done Pitch Perfect 1, we've done Pitch Perfect 2, this franchise should have ended by now. <laughs> so let's just like really go off the walls crazy and just do whatever. And as I said, I like that it sort of gives Rebel Wilson's Amy more to do. And she's yeah. really cool at the, the stunt work as well. I don't actually know if it's her doing the stunts, but whoever is doing the stunts, it is um, it is quite impressive. Yeah, yeah, it definitely works. You don't, there's no, there's no obvious C, uh, like, CGI, but there's just stunt doubles or anything. She's she's pretty capable, and she's done a bit of that before in the um that kind of what was that film we watched in the podcast, Matt? The, the remake of um oh the, the Dave Rod Scandals the, remake. Yeah, she does a bit hustle? of action. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Hustle? I haven't seen that because it's meant to be awful. <laughs> oh yeah, well we definitely well, seen we that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you heard a guy who would have seen that. Um, and she she um she's pretty good in that as well as as a bit of sort of. Uh, there's a training montage which she she does yeah. perfectly well. But the, let's go through the cast. Um, Anna Kendrick, mm-hmm. obviously, there, there are yeah, and, and I say the, the the cast is what makes this work. And there's some really sort of big hitters in this. Anna Kendrick, uh, Rebel Wilson is kind of I don't know about Rebel Wilson. She's been in a lot of movies that we've done uh, in the uh, in the Movie mm-hmm. Bunker podcast because um, she has a tendency to, to sort of even if she's cameoing in something or doesn't have a particularly large role, she sort of she she turns up in sort of low par movies but then shines in loads of other stuff and I think she she has a tendency to be cast to do her own to do herself essentially and what is Rebel Wilson acting and what is the real what is her um it'd be interesting to see her do something a little bit out of you know typecast one at some point maybe something with uh, the pointless right because we did Ghost Rider and she's very briefly in that in one of her early roles. Yeah, it helps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, she's being interviewed and she is basically still the Rebel Wilson character that, you know, has seen her through the rest of her films. Yeah, I feel like Rebel Wilson and Melissa McCarthy were like on the same track together because they both did like samey roles in these like comedy and mostly below par comedies when Melissa McCarthy went and did Can You Ever Forgive Me which is obviously fantastic so I'm yeah. waiting for Rebel Wilson to do that <laughs> yeah I think she honest. needs to push I uh, well not a push but someone to just give her something with a little bit with a little bit more to it Brittany Snow uh, mm. Anna Camp fantastic uh, Hayley Steinfield, Steinfield which I think she's a great she's always great actress. yeah, yeah. Um, Esther Dean and Hannah May Lee um, who I think is amazing. Um, Kelly Jackal, Shelley Retner, um, but then we go down to uh, uh, Elizabeth Banks and John Michael Higgins. John Michael Higgins, Higgins they're my favourite. Yeah. They're so, so what, good. What are they? What, what are they? If you could, anyone so, who's not seen this purpose, what are they? <laughs> they? They're like, they're duo who, they kind of like commentate on the acapella singing competitions, but obviously because it's not like an official acapella competition, I imagine the filmmakers were like, oh no, we've got to try and fit them in somewhere. So now they're making a documentary about the Bellas, which is so bizarre. I think it works because John Michael Higgins basically plays a massive mis- misogynist and sexist. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it, I think, yeah, it does sort of help bring out like that whole like, kind of sisterhood theme. Like they don't take any of his you know, crap, especially Elizabeth Banks. And um, Elizabeth Banks is always great and everything. I think she might have directed the second movie before she did Charlie's Angels. Um, yes, yeah, I think, think you're right. Did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, um, I think they're just having fun. And normally, if the actors are having fun, that means you're not having fun. But it's actually the opposite here. Like that is so 
infectious but yeah the elizabeth banks and john michael higgins bit is really random but it just it just works to treat and whenever on camera i'm like yes they couldn't have done a third movie without those two anyway yeah. which is not have worked they, they are essentially the, the you know part of the main cast so matt what what are your um what initial <laughs> thoughts of this what were you confused or were you just um, happy well, to go along? Because, got... because of the beginning and knowing that it was uh, the end of a trilogy I, I was initially confused because you know i didn't know whether or not i was seeing kind of like a film that's directly leading on from the last and the last film ended up with a boat exploding so i was i was a bit initially confused um and then i have that thing chris you know i have that thing where um i kind of got like i don't know paranoia is it hatred I don't know, of um, uninvited singing. It just makes me really inside horribly like nervous and kind of <laughs> and horribly uncomfortable if someone bursts into song um, and you haven't paid a ticket to watch that. It's, uh, it's just like, I, and there's a quite obviously because of <laughs> the style is because there's quite a lot is. of there's there's quite a lot of people just randomly singing in this film, which uh, kind of puts me on edge. But the singing was nice, right? Apart from the the, the, the toxic at the beginning. Kind of, it started off a bit crazy frog because <laughs> there's, there's a lot of. <laughs> and I was like, where's this going? Um, so yeah, that that was that was that was odd. Yeah, the John John Michael Higgins character was uh, was funny. Um, I think the fact that it's being directed by a woman is, is great because you can kind of laugh at these, knowing that they're knowing mm. jokes. You know, you know, you're not meant to be laughing with him um, with his, his with his horrible misogyny. Um, I wrote one of them down, which kind of made me laugh at despite myself kind of thing, um, which is when he said, as these women approach 30 and cease to be useful as human beings. Yes. <laughs> It is funny. It's just so like, good. oh, God, you can't fucking say that. Um, but but it's yeah. true. I mean, to be, to be honest, in, in, in Hollywood and, in, and anywhere, anyone, any woman that goes over 30 is superfluous. I mean, in terms yeah. of mm. work, they just I mean, hit even a Charlize void. Theron, right? She's being written out of the Mad Max. Oh, Mad Max, yeah. And it's oh, like, God, how, can, how can you get rid of Charlize Theron? I think anything? that's the thing is, those like misogynistic jokes, they, they are very knowing. And yeah. that's mm. why I think that they work really well as well because there probably are people who say that too especially yeah. in hollywood and everyone making this film is aware of that as well so the thing yeah, is what also, the... if you look at the sort of the pictures and the, the trailers and the actual film itself it's all like quite bright and sparkly and stuff but it, um something it's strangely dark like the relationships that these people have with like family each other and stuff you like mm. if you like strip away kind of there's some of the sort of like the the butt jokes you like Actually, these people are really these these need some help. These people are really need some therapy. Yeah. Uh, it is oddly yeah. dark in places. I think uh, for me, this movie, the, the singing stuff as well, which you touched on at the beginning, uh, what you're saying is um, <laughs> what works for me. It's what I enjoy because I don't know when this the first one came out around about or maybe at the same time that Glee was kicking off. Like you know, there was there yeah. was a lot of there was a lot of musical stuff happening and a cappella groups were kind of were all the rage i mean i had one of course uh, but, uh no the olden trio um but um i i kind of think from from a musical point of view it is slightly annoying when you realize actually they're not mic'd up at any point so that no one would be able to hear them in an aircraft hangar if they're <laughs> yeah, singing against another true. band and i think that's just an annoying thing but the other bands that are introduced on this um this tour that this army tour are hilarious and the ever and the way they say it robotically like we are ever moist it's yeah. just <laughs> it's such I a parody really like, i don't really like ruby rose so i'm surprised i like i like her band i suppose you're not meant to like them you're meant to hate them i bet aren't their names weird as well it's like charity 
They've yes. got really strange names. Yeah, they've got names that would yeah, fit calamity, about... serenity, veracity, and charity. Stuff like that. Yeah, uh... <laughs> Velociraptor. Um, and then you've got this weird kind of country, kind of folky thing, which would be you know quite on trend, I suppose, as well. And then is that it? Is there another one? Is there a rock band? There's, there's Young it? Sparrow, isn't there? There's uh, oh, the Dragon Nuts. <laughs> when they do the, the Akka, um like sing off the riff off the riff off sorry yeah, yeah. getting all the terminology wrong it's <laughs> it's it's magical isn't it i mean mm. that's i want to be in a i want to be in a situation where that just comes up i mean i've tried doing it at work it but people don't get on board with it imagine <laughs> means that it's just it's very difficult oh you'd be and the I best had... person i could possibly work with <laughs> <laughs> I have a, like a reoccurring nightmare where I'm on Come Dine With Me and for the entertainment of the person host, they pick up a guitar and there's like all these yeah. notes and stuff around me from cutlery and I like, I could kill them now and that would end my pain as well as everyone else watching this. It's horrible. This, this is the thing is if it's, it's either cringeworthy for you or you just happily you just smile go and, and go yeah. with it. And I think... Uh, I, I just like the production value of the singing and how they, they I mean, they even do the intro a cappella, don't they? If so, like, you get the universal mm. credits and stuff like that. Um, is it universal? I think it definitely it is. It is it's universal, like, uh, yeah, because it's the famous theme tune for universal that they, uh, yeah. that they do a cappella. So my even, thing with the, um, I was just going to say, my thing with the riff off in this one is the whole, like, they, they have these rules to them that other acapella groups follow and it is kind of funny it's like why are the rules to this sort of weird singing battle <laughs> and then so in the third movie when they start doing riff off like they're like you can't use instruments like you're not doing it right <laughs> and it is but it is funny like they, they're laughing at themselves and i think that's what that's what yeah. i really enjoy about it but they sort of have realized this this whole movie and like the concept of pitch perfect is bloody ridiculous so let's just <laughs> Like, do you know what I mean? Have a laugh. And I, really I read like in that. the uh, the trivia they've never won a riff off. Now, no, they haven't. Know. They suck. So. They suck. <laughs> and yet, successfully through three films. Yeah. <laughs> they always pull it back in the end because they're the bellers, aren't they? They 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 always come up trumps because there's a there's always a like a learning curve or a story. It's a very it's a very old school storyline, isn't it? Always someone's going to be either pulled away from the group and comes back. And in this case, Anna Kendrick's character is picked up, you know, to go solo by that yeah. guy. By DJ uh, Khaled, who, why is he in this film? Like, I want to know what the studio pitched to DJ Khaled. But who is he? <laughs> I mean, you're, you're, we're, a big, we're of a certain age, so I don't know who this guy is. He's a, re- he's a really big DJ. He, like, he says his own I name remember, a lot, right? That's kind of Yeah, what and he for. goes, DJ Khaled. Like, that's what he starts every song with. Can't believe I just did that on a podcast. But um, <laughs> like, when I was at uni, he was really big. And I think he did, like, a big song called Lean On or... So yeah, that's what I mean. He's he's quite a big DJ. So I don't know how he ended up in Pitch Perfect Free. Clearly needed the cash somehow. So what, Matt, have you heard of this this guy before? Yeah, I'm down with the. <laughs> no, I mean my radio's stuck on Radio One in the car. So and and because he says his name constantly, and it's not usual. Yeah. It's like DJ Steve, it sticks in your mind. So even though you don't know the songs that he's made because I'm an old man now, um, I do remember the fact that he is called DJ Khaled because he shouts his name repeatedly yeah. at people. I'm going to start doing that work to try and get promotions just like whenever I walk in the room I'm just going to shout Matthew Jackson and uh, <laughs> <laughs> see if that you know propels me up the uh, up the corporate ladder. 
Well, I feel so out of touch because I have no idea. Yeah. I've just I'm looked sorry. at his other films. He was in Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, oh, I did not remember him in that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's in Spies in Disguise, that weird pigeon Will Smith film. Oh, yes. It's not and really, yeah. He's in Bad Boys for Life, which I do not remember him in. But he's obviously trying to, you know, move into the Being a triple threat. film sphere. He's yeah, branching he's, out. He is a big DJ. So that's why I'm like, how did they get him in this film? I but suppose that's, say, that's another joke, though, isn't it? But um, it's quite funny. I suppose the same could be said about John Lithgow, because I know he's, yeah. he does a lot of this kind of wad, mad, wacky, humorous stuff. Because he did, uh, what's the step, is it Stepfathers? I, I can't remember any films tonight. What's the one with Mark Wahlberg? And he plays... Um, is it Daddy's Home? That's Mark Wahlberg. That's it, Daddy's Home. Yeah, he plays uh, <laughs> Will Farrell's dad. <laughs> and they do a lot of kissing, don't they? And that, that, it's a good film. <laughs> <by the way. laughs> See, uh, like John Lithgow for me is always going to be Lord Farquaad from Shrek. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah. So, well, I just, so much, he, right? From like Cliffhanger, he was the baddie in it and stuff. And he yeah. did. I just remember the way he says the word fetch in that film. <laughs> it's just so really weird that it just sticks in my mind. And like whenever I say the word fetch, it, there's always that slight Lithgow inclination to it now. <laughs> He's all, he will always be the dad in uh, Bigfoot and the Hendersons. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie from the 80s. No. Oh, you've got to seek it out. Giant, uh, he runs over a Bigfoot. It's on Disney it. Plus. Is it? Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah, oh. I, I was uh, circling the drain, so to speak, for what to watch. <laughs> and I noticed it's on there. I put it on the list of stuff to subject my children to whilst I insist that it's good when they look at me patronisingly. Um, Did you watch it, Matthew? I haven't seen it yet. It's, it's back on the okay. list. But it, it did look I, amazing. I've not still. seen it for years. I've not seen it for many, many years. But the concept is fantastic. And you, it's just as good as you would hope it would be. Family, run over Bigfoot, bring it home. It causes chaos in the house, but they learn, they, they <laughs> love they love it, and then they have to try and protect it by getting releasing it back in the wild. Um, wow, I'm selling Bigfoot and the Hendersons to you there. Yeah, um, it was an, good. It's a great film. Seek it out. Never meet heroes. Yeah, one of those. <laughs> yeah, John Lithgow makes everything better. So, so do, do, have you watched The Crown? And he's um, he's. I isn't he Churchill in that? And I don't, he doesn't really carry a, carry a convincing Churchill to me. This, uh, uh, this podcast has reached new levels of divergence as we swung <laughs> from, from Bigfoot and the Hendersons to the crown from <laughs> Pitch Perfect 3. It's John Lithgow for you, isn't it? Yeah, that's he, he is up for anything, hence why yeah. he's in Pitch Perfect 3. Always makes things with really a really dodgy accent. They do, um, they must have a tax bill. There has to be a tax bill, right? Mm. Oh, he's a tax bill at the end of it. Yeah, but he does well. Let's. I mean, I mean, he's he does an Australian dodgy accent, as you say. It's uh, so dodgy. Um, it's so bad. What's the song he sings when he trying? He's trying to woo his daughter back. Um, oh, um, something with a bunny in it. Well, it's like they've got like a toy bunny, haven't they? Yes. He just leaves in her bed with like malice, which is again just <laughs> random. <laughs> it shouldn't work, but it just does. It might as well have been a severed horse's head or something because of his mafia ties. But yeah, you can tell it's also yeah. very passive aggressive kind of way of wanting her back uh, in his life. I did um, enjoy the joke where um, Amy um, realizes she's got like 180 million or something huge, huge sum of money <laughs> in an afternoon. She just shouts out, Why don't I ever open my mail? <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is a good joke actually yeah if she do you think she's does she carry this movie do you think i mean on her i mean her and anna kendrick uh 
clearly without the others are, are basically garnish aren't they to, not to put them down but th- without these two th- there wouldn't be a successful film at all no I do agree but I also really like the other personalities and how they all have something to bring like even there's this ongoing joke where Jessica and Ashley are like two members of the group and they're in every movie and they're in every performance but they're clearly they're the underdeveloped characters but in this movie they make the joke that Jessica, like, who are Jessica and Ashley? And, like, <laughs> and Jessica and Ashley, like, do they say her names? Like, I like, again, how it's just so self aware. Like, it even makes a joke about the underdeveloped, you know, members of the Bellas. So, yeah, but I do think you're right about Anna Kendrick. She's just, she's just great in everything. I rewatched um, Scott Pilgrim the other day and I completely forgot she's in it as well. And mm-hmm. that's like really early uh, Anna Kendrick because that movie's yeah. like, I don't know how old it is now, but old. <laughs> So yeah, she's um she's great. I think my thing about this film is Becca get, gets asked to sort of do her own thing at the end and leave the Bellas, and she's obviously worried about because she's like you know they're my second family, but the Bellas are like no, you have to go do your own thing. So I really like how it acknowledges that they're a group of friends and that they'll, they'll always be there for each other, but you have to go and follow your own path, and that's yeah. all right, and that's actually what you should do. And I think that's actually quite a mature measure. You know, they're not just going to be friends forever. They have to go and pursue their own dreams. And, you know, like Stacey starts a family, like she has a baby. And obviously she calls her baby Bella. And that's quite a really, I think that made me cry the first time I watched it because it's such like a nice um, touch. But yeah, they all have to go do their own things. But at the end of the day, they still will be a Bella. They just don't have to do singing competitions constantly together. Yeah, it's good. It's about growing, as you say, coming of age, growing up and just coming to the reality that they, you know, what they do and they love when they're together isn't necessarily the be all and end all of their lives, you know. But yeah, it's the way it's, it's worth that obvious kind of plot twist of like, oh, you know, they fall out, get back together again. To yeah. Shared, you know, shared peril. So it was really, it reminded me of um, a film we did earlier in the podcast, The Spy Who Dumped Me, which again. I do like about, that film. Yeah. It was about friendship. And in the same way, that film sort of swerves obvious kind of what would be like rips in relationships, you know, in a very sort of obvious fashion. In the end, it is just friendship is kind of the key in both of the, the sort of final plot points. <laughs> Yeah, Matt, so what have you got in terms of uh, any other notes and, and things you want to discuss about Pitch Perfect 3? Uh, yeah, um, so despite what I just said, um, okay, so we've kind of like issued the uh, the action plots kind of like superfluous, kind of tagged on. Um, in, the, in the same way, it's, it's kind of like Lord of the Rings, right? Because you know, there's no, there's no peril because it's, they bookended the film. You know that they jump off the flaming boat. So when at the end... Um, Amy starts her siege, like under siege two. I don't know which one was he jumped out of a cake. <laughs> um, when she starts the siege on on the boat, you know it's going to be fine because you've seen it already at the beginning. And I don't like yeah. when you do that. It annoys me. It's like keep this keep this shit a surprise for me, especially like where there was no like obvious death or anything like that. Um, which is that? like um, so. But with the main plot, um, I, I was still com- confused as to why uh, DJ Khaled set up this competition only to randomly pick <laughs> one person from a band who had shown no obvious signs of being able to put together a stage show. That? That's the point, though. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, they've lost ultra sense of plausibility. And that's, they're just having a, having a laugh at themselves. That's what I think it is. 
because the singing competitions in the first two films are like they kind of make sense because it's like national archipelago university groups competitions but as it like when it got to the second one it's like we have to do another singing competition as they say in this one oh there's always a singing competition yeah. <laughs> so it does it does feel forced but i think that's that's the joke to be honest yeah, so I, I, I understood it, Emily. I just think Matthew's just got this weird... You need to go back and watch the first two. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm going to, because I watched this with my daughters. Um, uh, uh, they like the, it. They enjoyed it, yeah. And they're like, <laughs> when I pointed out it was number three, they're like, <laughs> like they, they seem, why are you doing this to me, Dad? We should have watched these in order. Because hmm. uh, I think I may have done you a favour putting this one last by the sounds of things. Um, and and I, I like the fact that, like, you know, he said, like, no... No Bellas, no no one, no one's actually who's entered this competition as one. Some random person from one of the bands has won, um, and I want them to perform on their own. And she just she just pulls up the Bellas and they, they do the Bellarac anyway. So you know yeah. you may as well just pick them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was hey, a bit. <laughs> that was a bit of a, 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 a shoe in. They would have, they can't they couldn't have let her do it on her own and and not have the the gang yeah. on stage for the final performance. DJ Khaled does his kind of best My Little Hobo, the, you know, the dog impression of kind of just sort of smiling over his shoulder as if to say like, my, my work here is done. And then just sort of walks <laughs> off, does. waddles off into the distance. You've done like a littlest hobo uh, reference there. It was just another thing from like the 70s and 80s. I mean, <laughs> it's not it's not fair. Emily, do you know the littlest hobo? No, I just went Wait, with see? it. <laughs> This is this is why Freddie's in there because people will now have to Google this shit and then they'll realise how lucky they are because I as a child had to watch a story about an Alsatian going around and sentently helping people like not just in a sort of really sort of lassie kind of physical way of <laughs> pointing to people in Wales and stuff but like saving failing businesses he was like the the Gordon Ramsay of his time. It was just like, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it's, it's really fucking random. I, I, I can't encourage believe you've just, you've just compared the littlest hobo to Gordon Ramsay. But it is, it's like but, my restaurant nightmares, right? He just pitches up and then, you know, just turns up in the kitchen. He does <laughs> take, a, a shit. <laughs> and, <then laughs> and saves the restaurant. Matt, was that, was that based in Australia that, or was it, am I thinking, it was, wasn't it? It was an Australian, or was it an American series? Uh, maybe Australia. I don't know. I don't know. It, yeah, it, but it, 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 it was weird. So I'm, I'm sorry about the obscure reference, but you can uh, I thank loved it, me. But I, you can thank I, me when you go down your YouTube hole later if, uh, if you do so. Please do so because it's it's worth seeing what I had to watch. As a child. Well, the, the, the theme tune is worth its weight in gold oh. alone. You, let's do that a cappella now, shall we? No. Okay, <laughs> Silence. <laughs> no, no. I, I'm, up, I'm up for this. I'm up for it all the time. I said to Matthew. Said what we should do in preparation for this podcast is, is to get Emily on board. Is that we'll all learn to the, the, our theme tune, which is kind of like a guitar-y thing. But yeah. we could all I do the bit. Them. We could all do it. We could just do the intro ourselves, record our ends, and then I'll, I'll stitch it together my ends. It'd be great. And like Voldemort, like, my soul shattered into seven pieces. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> There's no way I'm doing that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anything else you've got to throw at us? Um, no, 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 that was it. I, I did, I did actually kind of enjoy it, despite myself. Um, uh, like I say, once I've got over the fact that people were singing without people wanting them to, um, after I got over that, it, it was, it was fine. There was, there was enough funny bits in there. There was a few, but you know, apart from that, it was. I've seen worse. I, I know that's my job, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
it's a situation. Is, it's physically yeah. much worse. What uh, definitely helps is that it's a 93-minute movie as well, and it mm. zips along. There's no kind of downtime. It, you're always kind of the next musical number or the next funny sort of action sequences just around the corner. So you, you never kind of sat thinking, oh, what's going on? I did then uh, look at some of the trivia attached to this film and it, it seems like it's one of those films where there probably wasn't a lot of trivia because, you know, it was made up probably at a time when, um, you know, everyone knows everything, right? It's all on the internet beforehand, yeah. blah, 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 blah. So the trivia is really random shit. Like uh, the first two movies were launched the same year as Trans- Hotel Transylvania films. This one wasn't. <laughs> How, wow, how, what a fact. How far down the interesting facts <laughs> line do you have to go before you get to that bit where you go, Jesus, you never guess what. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, and uh, Pitch Perfect 2 is the highest grossing or the most successful film musical of time. Uh, film comedy musical, I think, is a particular. They've, they've really nailed down the genre, the genre of film, yeah. that is, because it goes Pitch Perfect 2, School of Rock, Pitch Perfect, and I don't know where this one appeared, but obviously a, a lot further away. That's good, though. Yeah, got well two and three, three and one. It's good. Yeah. Maybe you should you should go watch one and two. You know, to, to live the journey of the Bellas. Yeah, see their development. And uh, the second one is directed by Elizabeth Banks, who is a generally good director. Like she did a great job. Well, I thought she did a great job in Charlie's Angels I last year, that, was it? So yeah. yeah, second one might be my favorite actually. So we're going to play a final game of uh, plot keywords, which is our new thing to do on the podcast. So IMDb have this thing where they put plot keywords in just in case you're trying to um, search for a movie with with, with the same sort of genre or or themes. So this is before we get our final kind of say on it and whether it's going to be launched out of the bunker or not. Um, I'm uh, Matt. The ones in front of me have probably got the same that you have. So we'll just we'll just do a few because there's quite a few. But well, actually, there's not as many as you'd think than other films. But the first one, which just says it all, really, is Fat Woman. Yep. This Ooh. is a plot keyword on IMDb. This is you know, Christ. <laughs> um, fat Woman kidnapping, father daughter <coughs> conflict, <laughs> father daughter <laughs> relationship, American abroad, American in France, group of friends. American yeah. in Spain, you missed over. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, just yeah. in case. I, I but, didn't um, really in want to the, keep They did a European tour. In the keywords, there's a, there's a little group of them, which, um, and I'm trying to rank my brain as to why this features here, but there's mini skirt with a space, mini skirt without a space, short skirt, girl wearing mini skirt. I, and like for the life yeah. of me. I can't. Do they wear think. a lot of mini skirts? I don't think they do. And it's not really, you know, if you like, you know, Nail this film in one word. Miniscat. It's, it's not going to be... No. It's not going to be that for me. It's going to well, be... They've got... Um, camouflage. Thick... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Camouflage should be there. Camouflage. Thick thighs um, is, is, a clear, is, is, a, is another strange one. Dog attack. Dog. Animal. Cow. Rescue. Dog attack. Cow. That's an incredibly like, small sequence. It might even be in the post-credits. Yeah. 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 What's it? This one's good. A woman fights a man. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and then right at the bottom, it's a thin woman. So you've got a fat woman and thin woman bookending the plot key point. So, wow, that's a fantastic array of uh, <laughs> crap from IMDb. But, oh, yeah, of, of, they of think the, they um, got it. Yeah, yeah, they really nailed it down. But of, the, of the, those key words, the fat woman, two of three people found this relevant. So not only what? is someone not only is someone gone to the point of going, oh, I'm going to put a plot keyword over there. There's a fat one in this, just to 
you know, so people can search this film out if they're interested. But three three people looked at that and decided that it was worthy of some form of opinion. Um, and two of them agreed with the fact that, yeah, that ridiculous. was um, was worthy of opinion. It's mental. But the, the final one I will say that I've just seen in myself, which would just sort of, sort of caps the podcast lovely is believe in yourself uh, <laughs> as a recurring thing. And doesn't that, doesn't that really, especially nowadays as well with, with everything that's going like, on. You technically have, you, you should say, to. you should say believe in DJ Khaled because, you know, DJ Khaled. <laughs> you have to say the way he says like DJ, like, DJ Khaled. <laughs> <laughs> you did it too, too quickly, Matt. Sorry, yeah. man. Yeah. You're gonna... Emphasis on the, uh, yeah. you're going to have to, <laughs> do one of those in it. I have no idea who this guy is, but anyway, I'm going to Google him later. Well, you know, Emily, you've done us proud again and, and you know, defended the honour of this movie. You didn't really have to, because I, I enjoyed it, uh, even oh. though I found it quite ridiculous. It uh, is as, ridiculous. As we do with all the n- movies we do now, we now actually just enjoy watching shit films for a living. <laughs> uh, and you've um, set me on the path. I mean, Pitch Perfect and Pitch Perfect 2 is definitely on the, the watch list now. It's well a good done. path to be on. It's a good path. <laughs> <laughs> So, Emily, uh, as you are a guest, the, the bunker of overlords do let us jettison Pitch Perfect 3 through the pipe and out into the general public to, to enjoy um, and watch at their own. <laughs> Pleasure? Is Pleasure. this the word you're looking for? I think you, yeah, trying to do an ACA, an ACA pun. Did you know? You could tell. I was trying I to do an ACA pun. Oh, you're looking for an ACA moment to stick ACA. an ACA pun in there. It's like that thing out of the office when... Okay. Um, just, just think about the poor Pitch Perfect writers who had to try and think of as many acapons to put in their movies and they couldn't use all in the first one then they got to the sequel and they're like oh no we have to think of new ones <laughs> and then the third film oh. <laughs> but is, is, is it, is, are they actually puns or are they just sticking the word they just put acca in front of yeah the only one that works is acca awesome and I think the poster says last call pitches Ah, yes, I think it's, that's, their, that's their tagline, which is very, not an acapon, but is a very, very clever pun. Oh, so. I forgot, Emily. I was going to start the podcast with saying, hey, hey, hello, pitches. I forgot. Hello, pitches. Oh, well, gonna, we can uh, say bye, bye, pitches. Bye, pitches. <laughs> <laughs> or we could just use the power of edit. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> oh, that'd be too contrived. Well, Emily, where, where can we, you know, thanks again for doing the podcast. It's been great having you on again. And, uh, where can we find you on on Twitter and um, whatnot? What's your handles? Um, my Twitter handle is at Emily B Murray, and I tweet a lot about films and my cat, of course. And there's a lot more of my cat since I'm now stuck at home too. <laughs> um, I also do my own my own podcast, maybe inspired by the Movie Bunker podcast because I started it like a couple of weeks after. Um, but I only talk about good films in that because it's a Christopher Nolan podcast called Nolan Me, Nolan You. Um, Yes, I'm jealous of that through. podcast. Why didn't we do that, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, it's a lot of fun. And we get to watch a lot of decent films as well. So All right. you've, had some, you've, had some great, you've had some great guests on there as well, haven't you? Some, some uh, I'm trying to think, yeah, we've had Clarice Lockery. She, she came on, did Dunkirk, Simon Brew for Interstellar. Um, and my war man, like we've had yeah, loads of people. I just dragged in every Nolan fan I could. And there's a lot of them, so, which is very handy, actually. So, Has, I, has Christopher Nolan done a bad film? No. <laughs> oh, so we won't be guesting on your podcast. <laughs> yeah. although, some people, although some people don't like Tenet. That's probably his most divisive film. But I, yeah. I still think it's, it's a five-star masterpiece. But I'm biased because I'm a fangirl of his. So. Yeah, well, definitely go and check it out. And um, thanks for coming on. And uh, 
uh, next time, see, if there's a pitch perfect four and it's any good, then obviously we can't do it. But I'm, I'm guessing we're going to go with another <laughs> another musical number. I'm guessing. Well, it has to be, doesn't it? I suppose. Yeah, you've got the it's trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> well, are we going to do the Aka Aka goodbye? How do you say it? Aka Aka, see you later. Or you just throw the word Aka in front of you. It yeah. Okay. Well, I, I do. <laughs> if you like the podcast, don't forget to 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 write a review or do a full star rating or Aka review. Rate works. Aka five star review. And uh, we're on Twitter and Facebook, and the, uh, we have a Patreon page. Not that you know it, but uh, Matthew, <laughs> what's what's the what's the website address? Uh, www.moviebunkerpodcast.com Aka brilliant so <laughs> until next time it's bye from me Chris you know we're not doing the Ronnie's thing man I've, I don't know how many times I have to slap you down from this okay right I'm sorry it just seems natural to say goodbye so thanks Emily this is we can say goodbye Aka, goodbye together no go, go, no try, one's try, with me try a harmony okay Aka bye yep Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just put a bit of echo on that. You'll be fine, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm still so stupid. See you later.